This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez, and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala, and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, and I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. All right. Okay, so we're back. I was a little nervous for this one. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, what are we doing, man? Yeah, so I, I, I called up Kenji and I said, hey, there's, uh, there's the mayor of Long Beach in town, and he's the Kamala Harris. He's a surrogate of, of Kamala Harris, and I've been trying to get some uh, – uh, I've been reaching out to some uh, uh, campaigns to see if we can get some people. And, yeah, they said yes, so we met at the – first of all, thank you to the restaurant La Familia. Yep. Uh, for letting us uh, still, eat. yeah, eat the food and drink some micheladas <laughs> and uh, take a couple of their uh, tables. And we sat there and with uh, Robert Garcia, the mayor of Long Beach. And, uh, yeah, we asked him some questions about Kamala. And um, I think it was pretty cool. I was nervous, though. And, by the way, I want to apologize to Robert because at the end, like, I didn't even thank him. Oh, you didn't thank yeah, him? Yeah, like, I was nervous, man. I was nervous. Like, I, you know, this is only the 17th episode that we recorded. So, and the first, like, elected official. And I was nervous. I tried to do my homework. and um, But he was very gracious, like, super nice. Uh, yeah, uh, it would have been cool if you had been gracious, too. <laughs> and uh, if you had I expressed know. some gratitude. But that goes to how nervous I was. Um, I, I, mean, was I feel chugging. like you say that every time you're just rude. <laughs> no, I, I was like, like I thing. remember it's drinking like, oh, my coffee like, like if it was like a refreshing drink. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like a crackhead. Nah, I feel like you go up to people like, hey, uh, I don't like you. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm nervous. nervous. No, but uh, so I want to thank um, Robert and uh, his yeah, pretty, team. Pretty sharp guy. Yeah. Um, their whole team was very gracious the whole time that we were trying to put it together. And everybody was La Familia, uh, their campaign. Uh, you came and I uh, killed it on the audio. Eddie, uh, um, he's got a. So the other person that you'll hear is Eddie Diaz. He's who a, is officially now our uh, political correspondent. <laughs> yes, yeah. we volunteered yeah, him yeah, into it. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, he we, he just got like uh, what is it like uh, abducted? Yes, uh, just like I did for this project. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I was held against my will, and uh, but, but he, he said was, he had fun. Like he, he didn't complain like me. That's. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie's a gentleman. He's got a political science degree. He was a teacher, a history teacher for I think seven to ten years at, over in Perry High School. 
and then he was the uh, principal of, of uh, the Catholic school in Perry, and now he is uh, uh, works for DMAC in the Perry branch. I think he's the head in the Perry branch for DMAC. So extremely smart. He's got history and political, uh, being involved in, in uh, you know, in politics. So I thought that he was the perfect person to kind of join and ask some uh, questions because I'm limited, you know, when it comes. Clearly. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> just kidding. No, but I'm just nervous. But... <laughs> I'm just nervous, so I apologize. No, I mean, I uh, I grasp it. I grasp the 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 political uh, 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 conversation. That's, that's debatable. But Eddie's like he he knows about. Uh, um, policies he knows where some of the candidates stand and he also you know did really good so for being the our first i think we did a pretty good job yeah sound wise was pretty dope because it was like it was so legit it was and uh it was so thank you and then um eddie you know and i for the for being our first one i think we did pretty good hopefully we get more but um again i want to thank uh robert garcia and uh, and the Kamala Harris campaign for uh, making time for us and um, yeah we'll just see how how people like it hopefully um, I mean we're in Iowa we already have access you know access or you know we're exposed to all these politicians why not right yeah why not uh, sit them down and ask them questions but press them press them yeah no no. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't want like yeah, I don't want it to be like endorsements or anything. Like, I mean, at some point, you know, I'll probably say, yeah, I like this candidate, but I mean, I think we asked pretty good questions. Yeah. You'll you'll hear it. Um, I was there. Yeah, I'm talking about the audience, like people. Oh right. Hopefully, they were not like you know, uh, I mean, real questions. Hopefully. No, I like the questions. Yeah, Especially I thought they were Eddie's pretty. Questions were good. <laughs> um but yeah he uh it was a great experience i was super nervous the whole time and um yeah it just made me wonder like what the hell are we doing man like (laughs) it started out like we're talking about like let's talk about some sports yeah and uh talk about this and that and then I know I had a rant somewhere, like an episode, like the late, late, uh, I like don't know, three, three episodes ago, three or four episodes ago, I had a little meltdown, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> and I apologize, kind of, I was just nervous, uh-huh. um, so, uh, so yeah, this I was is like, a wow, game. man, like we're doing some like real stuff, yeah, here. that's, uh, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah, I had fun. I had fun doing it. So, so hopefully we'll uh, get some more and get some more of these exciting conversations. So, thank you everybody for listening to the Evan Martinez podcast. This is episode seventeen. Robert Garcia, the mayor of the LBC. Let me know when you're ready. Fire away. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, Robert Garcia. Yep. Okay. That's it. So uh, I want to obviously thank um, everybody um, and uh, the restaurant La Familia for letting us do this. My friend Eddie Diaz is here, um, and I hear I heard that you uh, 
have a little bit of a YouTube channel. You go to restaurants and uh, <laughs> in Long and Beach, talk yeah. to people. Tell tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, no, a little bit. I mean, uh, we have a. I try to support small businesses uh, in Long Beach. Uh, and so um, we uh, we do a bunch of videos at different small restaurants, independent restaurants all across the city. So uh, yeah, we do it every other week, and uh, it's great. Try some new food, expose people to good food, and a, a lot of good uh, a lot of good Mexican food. What, a lot of good what's Latino your favorite food? food? Well, I mean, I, you'll say peruano. So my favorite okay. my, my favorite kind of food is Peruvian food. We have got three or four Peruvian restaurants in Long Beach, um, and then after Peruvian food, probably Mexican food. There's a Peruvian restaurant here, um, Panca. They just opened. Oh, really? You should check it I'm out. I'm check it out. Panca? Excellent, yeah. Okay. But, um, all right, so let's, let's dive into it. Um, sure. I was reading a little bit about um, uh, Kamala Harris, um, which that's why you're here in Absolutely. Iowa to kind of pound the pavement for, for Kamala. Um, and uh, we're, we'll get into, you know, the Latino vote and all that stuff. But I was reading a Time Magazine article um and um which is an excellent article they, they you know they talk about her childhood education but the they start off with her um her struggle with getting a f you know a uh, foothold on the on the on the campaign and um electability and you know she's on the top 5 but not quite you know gain any traction so can you um speak on that a little bit What's and she acknowledges it too, mm -hmm. which I've seen some some of her interviews. What what's her what's her take on that right now? What yeah, I mean, I think first, um, you know, in, in in any poll that you see, or uh, as far as this campaign is concerned, she's always been in the top four, top five uh, of this race, and she continues to be from from day one. So she is in that top tier. We're very excited about that. Um, she is excited about that. Um, and the thing about Kamala that we know in California is she's never not been in a tough race. Mm -hmm. So when she ran for DA, uh, they folks said she, you know, she couldn't win. She'd be the first woman, uh, um, African-American woman, going in, going through that race as well as for attorney general. Uh, again, she was not, uh, folks didn't think she'd win her, her race uh, when she ran for attorney general in California, and she did. And same thing when she ran for the US Senate. So she's always has been someone that's fought uh, to, uh, to win, and people have seen her character in, throughout the campaign process. I've seen it uh, close in California. Mm -hmm. um, so I think she's actually in a very great spot right now, not just in Iowa, but in all the early states. Um, she's consistently uh, had her fundraising and, her, and, her, and her, the dollars coming in has been consistent. Mm -hmm. She's got a great ground operation. She's here in Iowa a lot. Um, she's going to be here and continues to be here. Um, and so I think she feels really good. I, I saw her a few weeks ago, uh, and she is feeling great. And I think that the more people get to know her, uh, the more they're going to like her, and I think she's going to do very well in Iowa. Okay, what's the? Is there like a strategy? Is there like a new approach? I know. I I think she said like she's moving to Iowa, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yes. But is she there? Said a, she's is, a, yeah, she's effing moving to Iowa. <laughs> right, right. So is there? Um, is there a new approach? Because I was reading that article, and I mean, she has all the pedigree to be like very um, likable and very like electable. I mean, she, uh, her parents are immigrants. Uh, she's mm -hmm. so she's first generation immigrant. Um, she's a woman. She's, you know, African American. Mm -hmm. um, what's what? What's the struggle? Have you guys identified that? Well, I don't. I don't think there there is a struggle. I think that she number one is the most qualified person uh, in the field, in my opinion. She is ready to be president on day number one. She has the best agenda for the middle class uh, and for the Latino community, I believe. Um, and she's exactly uh, doing what she needs to do, which is build a ground operation in all the early states. Um, and, um, you know, I think 
when she entered the race, um, unlike some candidates who have uh, either run for president before or have had a national base, she started, uh, you know, as a as a as a freshman new senator uh, from from our state, and so she people are getting to know her across the country, and the more that people do. Uh, I think the more excitement that she's bringing and she's consistently been in the top tier she and she will be and you, I think you're going to see her over the next couple months even do better and better and so I think her campaign is feeling and I'm feeling we're all feeling very optimistic. Mayor you uh, you had some of the electability questions when you ran for mayor and you ended up uh, being an underdog and, and winning the election so there's some some overlap between your campaign and and hers uh, you're the mayor of uh, one of the biggest cities in the United States uh, very diverse I'm assuming you had to bring a lot of different people together to, to get your campaign to where it needed to be. Um, what do you think Kamala can do to bring people together? Because a, a lot of people in this country feel like we need that after the last couple of years um, to bring people together to move us forward instead of splitting us apart. I, I think really the number one thing she needs to do is continue to ensure that people get to know her. Mm-hmm. I think once people get to know her and they hear her story and they hear what she's all about, that you immediately just like her and you immediately um, uh, become a supporter Um, if you think about what she's done she's broken barriers every single step of the way Uh, particularly I think her race for Attorney General she ran the largest Justice Department of any state in the United States Um, she's the senator of the largest state in the United uh, in the United States so she knows how to win elections Um, and I think the more and more people get to know that I think that's really what her goal is Um, and if you think about her history I mean she's a prosecutor that has spent her entire career standing up for people, for women, for folks who have been victimized, for children. Uh, and I think that's what people are going to get to know. And whenever I talk to someone that's heard her story, um, and people instantly like her. So I think as people make up their minds over the next few months in Iowa, um, I think that a lot of folks are going to be turning to Kamala, and I think she's going to have a very good caucus night. Mm-hmm. At a policy level, if you had to pick one policy that attracted you to her campaign, what would that be? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I, one story I like to tell is, you know, uh, as a uh, young LGBTQ kid and someone that, um, uh, you know, had a hard time coming out uh, as gay when I was younger, back in 2004, uh, Kamala Harris was marrying gay couples uh, when she was DA, when our party and the country was not even having conversations around what it meant to support LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I saw her on television doing that. Uh, a lot of our party was turning our, their backs on the community. And for someone like me that was, that's an immigrant, that's Latino, um, that's, that's gay, I was able to uh, see somebody that was standing up for me at an early age before I was even uh, set in my career as a teacher or then going into politics. So that's something that stands out for me. I'll tell you, as an immigrant, I mean, I immigrated to the U.S. when I was five years old. There is nobody in our state that stands up more for immigrants and the undocumented than Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. period. So I was reading uh, an NPR um, piece on her stands on, on, I think, nine different issues. And most of them, I you know, they align with kind of what I, you know, consider would be fair stands. The one that I saw that she's kind of on the fence is ICE. So where is her stance now on, on that? Is she, has she, is she going to come out and say, or has she, that... To abolish ICE, well, tell I think, me about that. Yeah, I mean, I think what she is, what she's, what she has said is first that what's happening right now in the Trump administration is completely inhumane, anti-immigrant, and anti and you know, anti-human rights. I think that's very clear. She's also been clear that ICE needs to be completely reformed, 
Um, you know, a lot of folks forget that ICE is not some agency that's been around forever. Mm -hmm. um, it was created, obviously, in response to uh, uh, what happened um, in 9-11 and, 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 and other things uh, that, from a perspective of our country. And uh, she's been very clear that ICE needs to be have be majorly reformed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that's something that I, I mean, I support that. And has, she, has she ever told you why she's not completely saying that she's she's up for abolishing it well i think i think uh you know whether you say you you want to abolish ice uh, and i certainly think most people want to abolish ice as we know it i mean there's no there's no question but uh, uh we want to make sure that we focus on the big picture which i think is her overall support for immigrants she, there's no question she thinks that what, what's happening with ice is completely wrong mm -hmm. and the entire agency needs to be uh needs to be reformed and, and broke and broken apart um and so that's something that she's been uh i think she's been very clear about is, is her support for that reform but more broadly um when you look at our state we have the most undocumented people in the in the entire country in, in california mm -hmm. and she's been consistent in standing up for dreamers for da for daca uh, path to citizenship for people that are here that are that are undocumented, um, uh, guest worker guest worker provisions, uh, and is committed to doing what which I think is different than other candidates. Is she has said that if Congress doesn't act on her proposals, then she's going to take executive action to ensure that uh, that folks get support and that we take care of our our immigrants in our documented community. Mm -hmm. A lot of the campaigns have focused a lot of. Uh, what we can do for immigrants here in this country uh, to be equitable and, and fair. I, I think a few campaigns have focused on the push factors of immigration, uh, of how so many people would rather stay in their home countries. All of us here around this table are the children of immigrants or immigrants ourselves. It's a treacherous journey and a lot of them would rather stay than make it. What do you think the senator can do, or the government if she was president, to try and reduce some of those push factors, not just in Latin America, but in other parts of the country or parts of the world where we have so many immigrants making long journeys to come here? Well, I think first, I think you're right. I, mean, I think a lot of folks don't realize that immigrants are coming to the U.S. for a better life. So a lot of folks are coming because their country, uh, there could be violence or it's, it's poverty or a variety of issues. So in, in my case, we came to the U.S. because uh, work was tough in Peru, and there was we were my family was struggling, and so we came to the U.S. for a better for better opportunity. I think that's a case with with most immigrants. I think in the case of, of of Kamala, I think first and foremost you have to respect and honor our relationships with with these other countries. And what, what's happening right now is a complete breakdown of, of the State Department, of foreign aid, of ensuring that other countries have support, uh, uh, human aid. Um, and, and those are things that, um, that Senator Harris supports and understands that diplomacy and supporting Latin America and Mexico and Central America is important. Uh, we, of course, we want to ensure that other countries uh, can support themselves, but we're going to also be there as an ally and a friend. I'm going to give you one example. Um, when President Obama was, uh, was the president, I had a chance to do a visit to uh, Honduras, and I went to Honduras with the State Department. And there were programs there that the president had implemented uh, to help build, uh, you know, uh, water uh, water access for some for villages to ensure that young people had access to schools and and, uh, and 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 libraries. This was all the U.S. government that was in there working in Honduras, which has a lot of violence, as we know, uh, as as a country as well. And those projects, a lot of those programs, are being eliminated right now by the Trump administration. And and, and uh, Kamala Harris uh, supports that type of diplomacy and supports that kind of investment. And so if we want to ensure that folks um, have strong countries, the U.S. has to be there to be an ally.
So I um I talked to a few people here. I mean, Iowa, Des Moines, we're lucky or unlucky. One of the whichever way you want to <laughs> see it, you know, we get uh, access or you know we see a lot of politicians come in because this is the the it's a hotbed right now, right, for uh, political uh, times and um and politicians. So uh, I've asked a few people that are either undecided they don't know they're not ready to commit uh um uh you know what it is that they look for on a candidate and um you know we know that uh being a um a person of issues issues should be what everybody should be talking about right but trump proved that that almost doesn't have to be something that you need to to win an election or to be to make it at least to the to the presidential uh, race so um so one of the things that they say is it's the um how can they match against trump right and that's and that's i mean i know it might sound like a repetitive question from the earlier one but is there something that the undecided voters should look at or what have they not heard of her uh, no, absolutely. I think that this is one of the critical questions for people that are going to go caucus, is who can they see standing against Donald Trump in the general election? And Kamala Harris has been putting away uh, transnational criminals, uh, huge, uh, uh, taking on the big banks, taking on the big pharmaceutical agencies, uh, predators in her entire career. So if you want someone to prosecute the case against Donald Trump and his administration, that person is Kamala Harris. Uh, and if you if you look at um, why there's so many Republicans that you that you read out there, they're all nervous about her. She she is the one that can take it to him more than any other candidate. She has the experience as a prosecutor. Uh, she has the intelligence and the toughness. And so when you look at the top tier of candidates, and we have a great group of folks running, um, there's no question that she stands out, in my opinion, and I think in, in many in many folks' opinion, as the the person that's tough enough to take on Donald Trump. And, I, and honestly, I think that she will destroy him in the debates. Mm. I, I think she, she is that skilled. I've seen her do it in California to her other opponents. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen her do it in our debates that we have seen here uh, uh, um, in the primary. And, and I think she's got the skill to do it. So we want Kamala Harris against Donald Trump, and that's how we win. Right. Yeah, one of the scenarios that they, um, you know, a theory is, you know, Biden is almost ready to collapse. Uh, or his campaign is kind of, you know, on the brink. And then Bernie and uh, Warren, they're going to be considered two leftists where it kind of it gives that path for somebody that's a little bit more, uh, you know, like a prosecutor, like the case against Donald Trump. But that's like an, a, an ideal scenario, right, would you say? I mean, I don't know. There's an, I think the ideal scenario is for uh, Kamala Harris to do well in the Iowa caucuses and, 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 be, and be the nominee. But um, I think what she's she's focused on just meeting as many people as possible, which is why she's here uh, so often. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you look at the top four, the top five. Um, you know, she's a woman. She's a, she's the only candidate of color uh, in, in in that group, um, and that is going to resonate. And that is, and I think that is going to break through because of her experience um, in as as a U.S. senator. I mean, you've seen the way that she has been able to uh, completely just. Um, probe uh, these nominees and, and these folks that are coming to Congress and the Senate for confirmation hearings. Uh, there's no one better. And, um, and she, she has uh, incredible respect, not just across our state, but across the country, um, it, because she is so smart and, and, and so tough. And so um, 
she likes to say that she's in this because she believes that justice is on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And she believes that to her very core. Um, I believe that. Uh, and, um, and that's what guides her. I mean, she is someone that really believes in what's right and doing what's right. And, 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 uh, and I'm very excited about the campaign in the next few months. I think one of the things that is uh, going to make some Latinos pause about voting for somebody besides Trump is the state of the economy. Uh, the, the economy is going to impact the pocketbook of Latinos just like any other community. Um, it hasn't really impacted it as positively as it should, I think, even though it's going well. My question is, what do you think the senator can do to make the argument that she can improve the economic state uh, for not just Latinos, but anybody, because really that's, that's what a lot of people think about on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, I think the first that um, what, what Latinas are thinking about is the fact that uh, the wealthy in this country and billionaires in this country continue to get richer and continue to access more wealth, and the middle class and low-income Americans are not doing any better today than they were doing 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, and so you, what you have actually is declining wealth, uh, and you have middle-class families that are struggling, even though uh, uh, the, the economy is working for some, and it's certainly not working for a lot of folks I represent out in Long Beach and, and a lot of folks that I meet here in Iowa, and they feel like they are getting left behind in a booming economy. We have had one of the largest periods of economic growth, uh, if you think about these last few years, um, last 10 years, but particularly how much of that is really benefiting low-income and middle-class families. And I think what Kamala is bringing to the table is she's got tax relief for middle-class families. Uh, she wants to ensure that teachers are being paid fair wages across the country. Uh, she wants, she has a, a, a plan to ensure that everyone has access to health care. Um, and she wants to make sure that tax cuts aren't going to the top 1%, but are repealed and then reinvested back into the middle class. Uh, and so that's why I'm supporting her. her. Her policies, in my opinion, are common sense. They make sense to average Americans. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's why, uh, at the end of the day, when you look at her record, her record has always been one focused on middle-class families and uplifting those that need our help. Why, why is the Latino vote so important for the Democratic candidates? Well, first of all, I mean, I, I, as, as Latinos, I mean, we know that our, uh, our voting power and our influence in this country continues to grow every year across the country. Um, uh, here, in, uh, here in Iowa, the population also grows, and I, it's interesting when I talk to a lot of Latinos here, um, there is a sense that, um, they're, they're, that, they're, that one, that Latinos here need to get more engaged in the caucus, in the caucus process, and I think that's true. I talk to a lot of Latinos that, uh, you know, it's a different kind of process, and so they're, you know, they're, they may not be as familiar with it, but Latinos need to get engaged in the caucus process. I think I, I, what we should be thinking is Latinos here in Iowa have a huge opportunity to actually impact the rest of the country because of the Iowa caucus. And it's a growing population. Us as Latinos across the country, it's important that our issues are front and center. Um, you know, we, we are not well represented um, per our population and we need to get more engaged and more active and more people need to run for office. But I also think that right now for us as a community, um, our community is also under attack. I mean, what's happening right now at the border is criminal it's disgusting and we shouldn't stand for it. And what's happening to those kids and those families uh, it, it, it is so wrong. And I think that, I hope that Latinos, not just here, but everywhere, are seeing what's happening there. Uh, what's, the, what's the way that we're being um, described and treated uh, by the president on television and at his rallies uh, is it, it, uh, just wrong. And I think the person to stand up to that is Kamala Harris. Does she have any specifics on her immigration uh, plan? 
Yeah, I mean, she's talk, she's, I mean, there's a bunch, right? I mean, obviously, uh, it's uh, full support for Dreamers and immediate access to a path to citizenship. Uh, she wants to create a, a strong path uh, for everyone that's undocumented in this country uh, to be able to gain citizenship, which is something I was given the opportunity to do when I was an immigrant. Everyone should get the same shot that, that I got. Uh, she, of course, is, uh, wants to close and make sure that all these detention centers, uh, uh, the, these private prisons, these detention camps that are all across the border and across the country um, are closed and that we actually reunite families. Uh, she wants to make sure that we are supporting Central America and Latin America to ensure that those countries are also able to support their, their uh, with diplomacy and, and funding, can support the, the people that are there. Um, and the other thing I think is important, she's been very clear that it's also about treating uh, people that are undocumented with dignity uh, and with respect. When she became and got elected to the U.S. Senate, uh, she, she called me a, a day or two after and said, hey, you know, Robert, come with me to, uh, to this event. And her very first visit as a senator-elect was to go meet and talk to the largest organization in the state that, that helps undocumented families. It's called Chirla. They're a huge organization in, in the LA area. They work statewide. And she went and met with undocumented families, uh, with immigrants, and, uh, and took note that even though she had gotten elected, so did Donald Trump in the same election. And she said to them uh, that she would be there, she'd stand by them, she wants to get comprehensive immigration uh, passed, but that if Congress wouldn't act, that she'd, she would work to ensure now, in her, in her campaign for president, she would ensure that she'd also do executive action. And so I think that's what's important. She's certainly going to roll back all these things that Donald Trump has, has, has done. And, um, and as you know, the, the Congress, um, when, when President Obama was, was president, we failed to get something done. And I think that is something that, um, uh, that can't happen again. And the next president has to make immigration uh, a reform and access a top priority, and, and Kamala Harris will do that. Are you concerned? that the stance that she takes on immigration is going to cost her the general election if she was to get there because obviously uh, president trump has used immigration as his leading platform uh, for his base um, and there's a lot of people in the middle that are going to be targets of both uh, whoever the candidates are at the end of the day um, is there any risk there for her or for whoever wins the candidacy well i mean i think that um the best way to, to get elected, in my opinion, is to stick true to your values and actually stand up for what you believe in. And that's something that she is going to do and has always done, regardless of whether it was popular or not. Uh, I'll take, take an issue like, um, like the death penalty. The death penalty is something that she stood up against in California when polls uh, were showing strong support for it. Uh, and that was early in her career uh, on, on issues of LGBTQ rights or on uh, support for, for immigrants. She's always been progressive on all of those issues. And so I don't think that she's worried about the impacts of what she believes in in the general election. Uh, I think she believes that, that the country wants to ensure that we're supporting everybody. Uh, and she, like I said, she keeps, she, you know, this, this idea, she really believes that, that justice is on the ballot and that, um, and she's the best person to implement that moving forward. The center has an interesting mix of very progressive stances and more moderate stances. So she, she doesn't fit in one neat box like some of the other candidates do. Um, I read somewhere that at a certain point in your life, you were a Republican as well. Is that right? I was. When I, um, my family and I, when we came to the U.S., Ronald Reagan was the president. And um, uh, we didn't know anything about politics, but we did know that Ronald Reagan signed the amnesty bill in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. and, it, I, and it's crazy to me to think that in the 1980s, it was a Republican president 
that actually signed a path to amnesty so that me and my family could become U.S. citizens. So my whole family became Republicans uh, uh, when we registered, uh, when we became citizens. And then, of course, later on, uh, you realize um, that that's against your own self-interest and that's not really what you believe, and, and you right. kind of figure yourself out. Um, like Elizabeth Warren did, actually. She was a, she was a Republican, I think, for, for a long time. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, so I think people, I think people, uh, people change in, in Kamala's case. Um, she's always been, I think, very, very consistent. Uh, she's always been progressive, and she's viewed that way in, uh, in the state. Um, and, she's pro and she's no question the most progressive AG we ever had, um, and I would argue the most progressive senator we ever had in California. Would President Kamala Harris prosecute Donald Trump? Well, I think she's prosecuting the case against Donald Trump right now. As far as what she does with Donald Trump and uh, and you know and, and all the folks that are committing crimes every single day, I'm sure they will be held accountable. I mean, that's going to be up to her and her administration, but they need to be held accountable. Speaking of uh, holding accountable, you mentioned her, her role as a prosecutor. Uh, one of the other reasons a lot of Latinos and immigrants come to the U.S. is because of crime in their country. Crime has been going down in the U.S., but there's still pockets where crime has not gone down. Uh, what are her policies on reducing crime in some of those big cities where we have large, large number of Latinos that live there? Well, I think first, you know, her, her approach has always been to ensure that, uh, that communities are safe. I mean, that's obviously as AG and as a, as a prosecutor, she's lived her whole life uh, protecting uh, people that are vulnerable, especially. So, um, you know, she uh, uh, has always been, uh, and when she was AG, for example, she formed special units to help victims of violence that were children. Uh, for women, uh, she partnered with domestic violence uh, organizations. She partnered with organizations that helped undocumented communities that were facing violence. Uh, and so she's always been at the table when it comes to uh, those issues and supporting uh, 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 victims of crime. And, and then standing up and going into the courtroom and then fighting and putting those folks that committed those crimes away uh, and, and ensuring that, they, that justice was served in the courtroom. And I think that's something that's really important that she has spent her entire life standing up for the people uh, and standing against um, folks that would, that would prey and were predatory on, on a variety of communities. Um, as far as safety is concerned, you know, she, she obviously thinks that safety is, is, is not just important from a, uh, a community policing perspective, but we've also got to make sure that, that the justice system is fair. Uh, and you know, that's why she's, uh, she's focused on issues around uh, you know, legalization of cannabis, which has been uh, big across the country. That's why she really believes uh, that we've got to stop uh, uh, kind of the prison pipeline that still exists in this country, that we've got to reform our prison system, our criminal justice system. Uh, and, and she's done that as, as AG and, and, and in the U.S. Senate. Uh, and so I think that's what she will also bring um, as president as someone that has also lived uh, the experience as a black woman and as a person of color. Uh, she is connected with that community and connected with people of color and understands that there is still uh, implicit bias and there are still issues that we as a country have to um, uh, have to do better in and have to get and, and really have to move beyond uh, and, and begin to heal some of the some of the, the divisions that we still have. So I think she's well equipped to do all of that and she's um, she has uh, the experience, the lived experience, um, but also spent her life in courtrooms, talking to victims, and fighting for justice. So she is pro-legalization uh, of marijuana? Uh, she has, a, I'd have to check exactly her position, but she, she, she has been in California, uh, and, uh, and nationally she does believe that the uh, decriminalization of, mar uh, of cannabis is, uh, is important and needs to happen, and she also believes that too many people have been sentenced uh, for low-level cannabis offenses in the past, and that that needs to change. Uh, there, and th that has been her um, 
her position the entire time uh, in California. In fact, when we legalized cannabis, uh, our, not just our governor, but Kamala and so many other folks worked on that issue and have been working on that issue for a long time. I come from a family of educators, a uh, former educator myself. Uh, I've been surprised how how low an item that's been in the Democratic primary so far. Uh, I, I know Kamala has uh, mentioned the teacher pay is a big yep, part of her, pay. of her campaign platform. I haven't read a whole lot on her stances on charter schools. Um, what, what, what do you think she could do to make sure that education continues to open the path for all the kids, not just Latinos? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, her, her proposal on teacher pay and raising teacher pay to ensure that teachers across the country um, are paid uh, a, a wage a, a wage that's more fair and that and that supports them and their families. I think has been really well received. I mean, there's been uh, there, you know, teachers groups and teachers unions and organizations have praised her proposal uh, across the country. I think it's probably one of the most bold proposals out there. She's talked a lot about early childhood ed and pre-K and to ensure that everyone has access to an early childhood education. I'm also an educator, so I, before I became mayor, I was in the classroom for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so I will tell you that, you know, we all know that the inv an investment in early childhood ed is the best investment that you can make. Absolutely. And, and the teachers uh, uh, are, are underpaid. And I, I know this because uh, my husband's also a teacher and, and I, he, he certainly supports, uh, 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 supports that as well. And so um, teacher pay, pay equity for, uh, for, 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 uh, for, for faculty, for, uh, uh, for educators is really important to her. Um, and, and she talks a lot about all the teachers that she has met, you know, as she's traveled and, 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 and um, across the country. So I think education will be a priority for her. Uh, for us as, as, as Latinos, we, we know that oftentimes in our community, not enough of us finish college. We might go to college, but not enough finish and complete college or, or complete that education. Uh, so just investing in our public school system is, is really important. Well, I, I just want to say that from somebody that's been in Iowa politics since 2000, when I was in college, uh, caucuses, trying to wake up that sleeping giant of our community <laughs> to actually get out there. I really appreciate you coming out here all the way from California because uh, it takes people like you and, and people here on the ground to, to make sure that we get people out because like you said earlier, our, our, our issues need to be addressed and, and we need to feel uh, uh, like we're at the table. So thank Absolutely. you so much for all, everything you've done. No, yes. thank you. This is my second time and I'm sure I'll be back. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming and uh, uh, thank you, Sharon, for uh, making this happen. And um, yeah, we'll hopefully we'll see you again. And thank you, everybody, for for joining us and have a good day. Hey, thank you. Thank All you. right. Cool. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, Robert Garcia. Hopefully, not the last uh, person that we speak. It's exciting um, because you know I think we all have an opinion. I think we all want to ask questions, and it's kind of a it's, it feels like we're getting to be like ask our questions we could literally ask our own questions now if people come in uh which... i have a lot of burning questions <laughs> that i would like to ask i don't mind my questions but it's harder because you know he's a surrogate so he's obviously you know they they have a message you know and they stay on message and he's a politician i mean he's the mayor of long beach so um it was weird for me because the tone was the same so it you know usually when i talk to people um they're willing to be vulnerable they will to like slow down like the conversation is a little bit slower and you know with uh with politicians uh, it seems like there's like one tone and they kind of they keep that 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 beat so it was harder for me to 
improvise on my questions um, mm. like I usually do. So, but yeah, it's they're gracious to come to the to to make time for you to talk to them. Yeah, I thought that was crazy, man. Because I don't know what are we doing. You know, I, I go back to that. <laughs> I don't know either, shit, but it's man. fun. Like, we were doing, we were doing just you know. I mean, no, not that you know. I'm not like uh, all the other episodes. Like, great, you know. We talk about culture stuff, yeah. You know, which you know, it's 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 really good. Sometimes it's kind of like a tricky thing to get into the the whole politics, right? How divisive it is, and, right? And so, um, you know, we. I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't want to have like certain people, you know think of us like oh you guys are getting political you know yeah. um I, I think you know the, there's a time for 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 that right i think you know not that the issues are not important they're always important you yeah. know but but also i think i think that uh having uh i don't know i think that we built a little bit of a platform or you know whatever this is and we are at an age where we do care about you know the process like we're not if we were able to vote you would vote yeah you know so it's not like we're forcing this either um but yeah i mean hopefully people just get the sense that we're just trying to ask our questions too yeah you know and and um we're not uh i mean we'll give our opinion but you know we're entitled to our opinion um but uh you know, it's just another way of you hearing uh, people give their spill. And if you like them, cool. If not, then whatever, you know. So, uh, but it's a, it's going to be a tricky balancing act of like, they're gracious enough to come on your show or to come, you know, and sit with you and have a conversation. But also you can't just give them like, a bunch of softball questions and yeah. just like, cause then it'll just have like your, you know. Well, I mean, at the same time, we're not reporters, right? You know, right. But, so like, it's not our job to grill them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like no, I I like the fact that we have our own questions and questions that probably a lot of people that, you know, maybe some of the people that listen to us and uh, uh, some of the people that know us, people that are close to us, friends, you know. Yeah, we know we know what they would be. You know, I feel like we know what, yeah. what they what what they care about. Yeah. And Plus, so... that that was one of the biggest reasons why I was, uh, and I didn't have to convince him. I mean, Eddie's such a cool guy. He's always there to like, you know, he'll come and help if you need any kind of help. He's he's an educator. You know, he's mm-hmm. got the credentials. He's been part of the. I believe he's been part of the city council in Perry. Uh, he was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he's. I mean. If without Eddie, I would feel less credible, you know, and that's why I was like, you know, come help me, you know, you know more about policy and mm-hmm. issues and stuff like that than I do. Um, so I feel like we're doing it right. I think we did it pretty good. For being the first one, I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, for not being, like, we're not yeah, people is... <laughs> that do that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just normal people. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you're more normal, you know. <laughs> Like I'm more like a little bit above average. <laughs> wow, dude! No, I'm killing yourself. Yeah, no, but like we're just like you know normal. Yeah, 
you know, people that you you'll catch us at the supermarket. Like it's there's nothing. This is, yeah, this is nuts, dude. Yeah, uh, I I mean I like it. It's yeah. good. I wonder if like we'll ever like interview Luis Miguel like that. So, anyways, cool episode seventeen. Thank you everybody for listening, and we'll see you uh on episode eighteen. <laughs>